When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All good? Yeah, man. Happy, here. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. How did you celebrate? I did everything everyone wanted me to do. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw your Instagram story and laughed. Or Henry's. Did you? Did it have two parts? Because I only saw no. the part you... Okay, it was so just Henry, complaining. Hen, yeah. Henry had someone handing you a birthday cake while you said, I will do this, but let me just say this proves my birthday is not for me. Yes. You're not doing this for me. I had no idea the context. Okay. It's just someone handing you a cake and you're going, you're not doing this for me. <laughs> I know. I, I saw thought it was that. hilarious. You sent that to me and you're like, I just look like a jerk. No, it's hilarious. <laughs> I loved it. So what happened there was I was given the cake. I was like, thank you. It was made for me. It was this, it was a bunch of fruit and dark chocolate, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, with That's candles. That's what you like. Yeah. And I blew it out and I went to eat it and they said, no, we didn't get the picture. And I said, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it again. They relit the candles and then put it in front of me. And I was like, this this is not for me. Yeah. This is officially for everyone but me. Yeah, I don't want this photo. I want to eat the berries. <laughs> I want to eat the berries yeah. right now. And that was your second birthday cake of the day, too, I saw. Was it? Well, Henry the, had a second one on Instagram as oh well. Oh, God. And then so then we, we went out to grab some sushi. sushi. yeah. And we go to this place often, and they know us there. And Henry said, it's his birthday. It's said, oh it's your birthday you have to get dessert i said i appreciate it thank you so much i don't eat sweets yeah, so yeah, like yeah. and you know if my brother wants one if, he, if he's gonna have you know we can wait 10 minutes for him to eat and like oh no don't worry about it don't worry about it so they come back to the table with sparklers and a de- well first it's it's the dessert menu and i go thank you but seriously i don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna eat any i'm good i just want to go home you have to i was like no the sushi was great yeah. like the sushi was so good i don't want to spend any more time in this restaurant <laughs> i, I just want to go home i want to leave i want to see my dog i want to play smash bros yeah, yeah i was like it's my birthday yeah i'm going to play smash this bros. is what i want to do and so they come back with sparklers and four shots of tequila <laughs> 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 and i'm like again I don't drink. Well, this, but the restaurant doesn't know that. <laughs> they don't that's, know that. That's actually a They're nice... They're trying to help. That's a nice audible. They yes. go, he doesn't do dessert. We'll get him tequila. I'll definitely drink. Yeah. yeah. So what was interesting, and this happened uh, probably three or four times over the course of my birthday, was people asked me what I wanted for my birthday. And I told them either there was a favor that they could do for me, yeah. or with everybody, I said, please donate, donate to, to charitywater.com yeah. or charitywater.org slash charisma. I'm trying to raise... I want to hit a record for me. Yeah. And they said... You don't want that. It's your birthday. It feels weird to get you something that's not for you. But I said, no, it is for me. You don't understand. This is for me. This is what I want. This yeah. is what I'm requesting. He said, it's okay. <laughs> I've got this. You're, you're being selfless. <laughs> Let me get you something you don't want. So my mom got me a book that I have on Kindle already Sick. and sent me a physical copy. <laughs> uh, our assistant, Heather. And again, these are, these are clearly nice. They're yeah. thinking of me. They're trying 
uh, got me a stand for my, like, we got these gaming headphones for Borderlands, which is like, okay, now I'm not going to put the headphones on the table. I'll put them on the stand. Yeah. And it's, the stand <laughs> takes up just as much space. Meanwhile, as meanwhile, I shot a video that day on the importance of getting rid of clutter in your apartment and how it, <laughs> and, you yeah. know, and everybody's getting me stuff. And it was, it was nice. It was thoughtful, but it was interesting because I'm sure I do this. It made me, I reflect on myself. We all want to make people happy in the ways that we want to make them happy, mm-hmm. but not bar none, whatever they request. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times, <laughs> this is the love languages, five yes, love languages. Yes. We often try to make people happy by giving them or doing for them what would make us happy. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge relationship buster is yeah. people will give these gifts that they want to receive. And the person receiving them is like, this is trash to me. Yeah. Uh, what I wanted was for you to cook or I wanted a hug or I wanted mm-hmm. a donation. And then they're like, well, you're ungrateful. And it's like, you didn't give me what I actually want. And so there's two people I was explicit. trying to do well. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, and a lot of times this is why couples break up. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciated clearly everybody was thoughtful. Everybody, well, everybody thought that they it was my thoughtful. birthday. Yeah. Everybody tried and I appreciate that. And, yeah, it's, yeah. and it's nice of everybody who got me something. And at the same time, it made me reflect because I do the same thing. I We've earned money with Charisma on Command and I've been trying because my mom will say, you know, I'm stressed out at work or whatever. Yeah. I've been trying to buy her out of her job. I've been trying yeah. to say, I have enough money now to pay for you. And insisting, 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 insisting. And she won't do it. And so at some point, I have to listen to what she's telling me with her actions and her saying and go, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't what she wants. This is what I think she wants to make her happy based on my values, yes. which is not working and a job. My mom does the same thing, which is she sees me wearing the same shirts yeah. <laughs> and the same pants and goes char you need new clothes and i go no mom i really don't yeah. i'm really good i don't need new clothes and then in the mail i get a bunch of new shirts yeah. <laughs> and shorts and then you donate them and and something gets donated yeah because yeah, i just like wearing the same shirts all the time yeah yeah so that was my birthday it was fine it was great the podcast uh, audience has noticed by the way did i tell you that i have this only there was a comment four goes, shirts ben and charlie just own the same <laughs> shirt in four different colors <laughs> i went yes let me count the colors. <laughs> You're not wrong. Short I do, answer. I do have three whites and three blacks. Listen, for sure. you guys are on to something. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. You're all right. of my clothes are from H&M. And then I have some expensive Lululemon shorts, which I don't know why we have those. But yeah, so that was my birthday. You were in Outer Banks. I was. I was in North Carolina with my family. Good times? It was good time. Anything to share for the, the cast? I got censored. Yeah. It was awkward. We already talked about it, yeah. so we don't have to rehash it. But somebody... We were talking about politics and somebody said what you said upset me. Mm-hmm. I said, cool, let's talk about why it upset you. Let's like come to terms. Am I wrong? Are you wrong? Like, let's do a melding of the minds and come up with who's makes more sense. And they said, no, I think we should just avoid the topic. And when I'm around, I'd prefer you just didn't talk about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if it gets brought up? She's like, one of us should just walk out. It's like, <laughs> okay. And the circumstance was that she brought the topic up, correct? I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. But I just thought it was interesting because no one else in my life is like that. Yeah. And it was Ben Shapiro's whole catchphrase is facts over feelings. But I've never watched a Ben Shapiro video. So I didn't understand it. reels, man. And yeah, Joe Rogan talks about sensitive people and how they don't care about what's right or true. They just care about how they feel. And this is all just like give nothing to me because none of the humans in my life think like that. Mm -hmm. And then here was this person being like, I don't care who's right. I don't care if my feelings are justified. I had a feeling. And so you should change your behavior because I had a feeling. And I went, should we assess if your feeling makes sense? Or what about if I have a feeling 
what if you doing something like eating mm-hmm. upsets me? Yeah. Do you have to immediately stop eating in my presence because it upsets me? Well, Should we I... talk about if my feeling makes sense? But it's not someone I'm super close with. And mm. I was just like, I'm not going to rock the boat here. Yeah. I'm just going to spend as little time with you as possible. Well, what's interesting is there's no attempt to universalize a principle. So, so there's no... The principle of let's discuss it is we believe that through free dialogue, better answers will be achieved, upon which we can both agree because we inhabit similar realities, no. right? That's the principle. If the, the presumed principle being proposed is if someone is upset, other people must accommodate them. Yeah, because no matter that, if they're upset for a good or bad because or we're, whatever. Because we're not going to investigate if yeah. it's a good or a no, bad that's reason. A, my <laughs> only thought was this is insane because if I just say yes. your presence upsets me, like your hair upsets me, whatever it is like you can't universalize this, this yeah this principle. is insanity i can put yeah. you in i could just banish you with yeah. this same philosophy if i were a dick but i'm going to play devil's advocate now the answer that this person and and similar feeling people would give is well that's you don't really mean that you know you don't you're not really upset you're just trying to be yeah, yeah. manipulative or or whatever but the, i think i think the point stands which is if we're going to treat a feeling regardless of exploration of its merit or justification yeah as as something that other people need to adjust to that creates a well, circumstance should, i mean to be fair there are times like... where her presence just is worse than not her presence so yeah. if we did do this rule there'd be a lot of time where she wasn't allowed to come hang out so well, it would be a dangerous rule yeah i think and we've mentioned this but I've, I've talked to friends in relationships i think this is a problem particularly in romantic relationships is that you go you find your mommy and your daddy in another person and one of the nice things about that relationship is you Whereas everywhere else in your life, or maybe not for this person, but for most people, you take responsibility for your feelings. Like somebody says something that is technically not mean or rude, but you have a bad time with it. You have to mull that over Mm -hmm. and deal with it and figure out how to socialize with them while recognizing that they didn't actually do anything that bad. Mm -hmm. But with mommy and daddy in your relationship, you get to go, I had a feeling you fix the world for me. Yeah. You make the world shift and, and change landscape in order to accommodate how I feel. Yeah, which yeah. Is... you mean like the fact that when me and your girlfriend had like a weird, or your ex-girlfriend had yeah. a weird interaction, <laughs> she called you and went, Ben was rude to me. Yeah. And I went, I wasn't, dude. Yeah. I just am not her friend. Yeah. She's your ex. We weren't friends when you were dating. And I was pleasant. And I'll, she I'll goes, give the context here. So, yeah, so yeah, people. Go ahead. So we broke up. We that thursday we broke up on a monday go out to a place which in retrospect of course she was going to be there yeah i bump into her and it's like oh god uh, you know i'm still raw and sore and say hi that same evening she bumps into you me and another friend of ours and another friend and she says hey guys and you're like uh hey how are you yeah and you're not mean no you're not, but you're not like, hey, how has your last three days been? Yeah, yeah. Is everything okay? Because wasn't excited to see her, but yeah, I was nice because you, she was my girlfriend, yeah. not your friend, and the feeling that you had honestly was one of polite awkwardness and please let this end. Yeah. And what she sensed was polite awkwardness. Yeah, yeah. Please let this. And end. And the solution was to call you and just ream you because we were rude and what her feeling was which i accommodated at the time was we lived in the same house therefore they should treat me different and today my stance is you and them for whatever reason did not form an independent friendship sure 
if you're upset about this, the person to look to is yourself <laughs> yeah. or them. But or me. Or well, certainly not she, me. She had my number. It's like, yeah. look inside. Be like, why don't these guys want to be friends with me now that I'm not dating Charlie? Yeah. That's one answer, right? Mm -hmm. Just go. Okay, clearly they don't want to be my friend anymore. Yeah. I wonder what I didn't do yeah. in the year we all lived together. Yeah. Or call me. You have my number. Be like, why are Go. you being – we had something really yeah, yeah. cool. Why are we yeah. friends anymore? And instead she called you <laughs> and said, you have to fix this. So <laughs> I became – and this was a theme in the relationship – responsible for feelings of her. And it created in me behaviors that were, in retrospect, embarrassing where I then contacted you and we had a – an honest conversation where you were like, I wasn't so bad to her. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to do, but I'll say sorry if it'll make you feel better. And yeah. I was like, yes, do that. You should do that. <laughs> you know what's interesting though? In my, and I, I don't, I think some people do outsource their, feel, the responsibility for their feelings. In my relationship, I actually feel like I took responsibility for my girlfriend's feelings mm -hmm. and for my own feelings. Yeah. So if I was upset, I would not think, what did she do? How could she change? I was upset. I went, what should I do differently mm -hmm. to create a better like behavior or reaction or situation in some mm -hmm. way? You know, so if I want something more from her, instead of just asking for it or telling her she's not doing it, what can I do to elicit that or create it with my actions? I'll be sweeter, I'll do yeah. this, yeah. And then when she was upset, I was not like, Oh, how could she be sweeter mm -hmm. to you know, I mean it was not a mirror. It yeah. was it was not a yin yang. It was just me being like, I will own all of our unhappiness, my own and yours. You I, don't take responsibility for fixing anything. I wonder if that is, I guess what you, we described is where both parties outsource from different times. But I think what you're describing where one person is just the responsible party for the feelings, mm -hmm. I think is actually more common potentially. And I'm only saying that because in my last few days, I had a conversation with someone that I used to see and they told me about a relationship they were in. This is a girl and she was taking all of the responsibility like this person cheated and then she was setting up couples therapy you know it yeah, was, yeah, yeah, it exactly. was a, what is driving you to do this let me handle yeah, why, this what am i doing that's making you why can't me? i trust you why am i having a hard time yeah. with this <laughs> and it was responsibility for both and then of course the cheating continued and was discovered yeah, yeah. later that's and it fascinating. was a sad thing but yeah i i think that there's and what it's important not to idealize the person who takes responsibility i think because there's a pathology in both sides oh Cle sure yeah, yeah. Clearly i'm not the, saying i'm the good guy the person who's outsourcing responsibility we see they're being childlike but the person who's taking all of the responsibility is kind of playing god or control freak where they think that if they can own everything they can make the world well i would actually say i just assumed there was just during that relationship i just assumed everything was my fault so there's this mm -hmm. sense there's this insecurity yeah that it must be my fault. Mm -hmm. You know, the person I'm dating is perfect or has the potential to be perfect. And any deviations from that I've created. Why? I don't know. Cause I blame myself. Yeah. Origi <laughs> original sin. Yeah. I, and I also think what I see in you and sometimes is, is this belief that with enough effort, you can control the world. Sure. That if you just squeezed hard enough, yeah. you could shape the world into any shape. Yeah. That yeah. Your heart just desired. mold it to my will. <laughs> yeah. And, and there is a weird. That feels good. Yeah. You got, at some point you go, no, I can't. Yeah. I, I, my own emotions are enough to, to. It's a good belief though, in terms of the sense that it feels good. For a moment. Except for all the havoc it wreaks <laughs> on your life. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was that was another sad story that I heard last night about just rampant cheating and yeah. uh, 
it's no good. But so we got birthday stuff. I've also been watching. There's this interesting Bill Gates documentary on Netflix. Mm. You haven't seen it? I have not watched it. I know it exists. Yeah. So two things. One, which is small. I notice on Netflix, because they don't have to make anything fit a certain size, that all of their original stuff that doesn't fit into the 30-minute, one-hour slot needs an editor because they just have extra scenes that don't contribute. Mm. That's one I've watched A Dog's Life. We watched The Finding Neverland, and it was six hours and could have been two. This is probably three hours and could have been one and a half. In any event, it's on Bill Gates. Fascinating. One, did not realize how whip smart that dude is. Oh, yeah. Do you know a little bit of his story? Uh-uh. He was being hired by legitimate companies when he was like a freshman to code the power, like the dam's power plant <laughs> because computers were brand new. And wow. He was, yeah. So his school had him, you know how class schedules, you have 500, 1,000 kids. Yeah. And there's all these constraints. Like you can't. There's only so many teachers that are teaching physics. So for everybody who needs physics, they do have to be in that class. But you can't have drums downstairs in the band room at the same time as per- per- symphonies upstairs because the drums are too loud. So there's all these random constraints. This is and high school or college? High school. Okay. And they were doing it by hand. And it, they said it used to take several people all summer of just brute forcing these schedules to get it to kind of work. Yeah. And so they went to Bill Gates. And with like a week or well, two. Well, like 15? Yeah. They went to him and his buddy, and with like a week or two left in summer, they just coded on these old jank computers and got it out at the final moment and wrote the schedules for everybody. So he was he was going to be a somebody yeah. when he was 12 years He's old. He's just brilliant. He was brilliant and retains information, and people are shocked. But, of course, what's interesting about him recently is that he's been doing the philanthropy stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's this focused on focused on what was it sanitation was the big one toilets that need no energy and he's coming at the water crisis from a different angle which is we go okay water is polluted we're going to donate to charity water they're going to dig a well mm-hmm. and get new clean water and he goes why is the water polluted It's because people are pooping in the same place that they drink because they don't have toilets you know and they just dump their feces into the river oh interesting what if they had toilets that and it's fascinating. What if they had a toilet that generated energy? Cause, yeah. yeah it, because it's got methane in it. And if you burn the methane, you actually get steam power. And what if every time you took a poop, yeah. <laughs> it was it was energy positive? Yeah, yeah. I saw a guy speak on this, actually. It's super fascinating. So that was one. that uh, The other one was on disease. And he's been trying to get rid of eradicate polio, which still is exists in the developing world, particularly in Nigeria. And then the last one was on climate change. And he's coming at it from nuclear. I thought he was malaria, too. They've got billions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. So really, really fascinating. I could tell you more about it if you want to see it. Check it out. But what I was... So here's here's what happens. He's trying to eradicate polio. It's going to be $200 million. There's only like 3,000 cases of polio in the world. But getting to zero means it doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. It's like it's an endangered species and it's gone, yeah, yeah. which is huge. So they're trying to get it down. They get it down to 30 cases. Wow. But there's a terrorist rebellion, and they start killing vaccinators because they think that they're sterilizing the population. And they and, and so now 200 billion turns into 400 billion turns – sorry, billion, million turns into 400 million, which turns into now billions of dollars to get from 30 to 50 cases a year worldwide to zero. So he's sunk billions of dollars and is like – 
a hair's breadth and away. And this is because they, they're murdering the doctors because they think the doctors are coming in to it, it's, it's, make them infertile? That's one thing. The big problem is they can't get everywhere. There's no maps of, of northern Nigeria. And, okay, we'll, like, just get a map and we'll drive around and we'll figure it out. Oh, well, if you meander too long in northern Nigeria, you could be killed. Yeah. And they've killed vaccinators at the door, and they've, they've, they've done bad things. So that's happening and he spent billions of dollars and it's awesome they've they've gotten rid of thousands of polio cases but per polio case it's not that cost effective yeah at this point point. and so i wanted to just pose to you i know you don't know any of the data but do you have any inkling over what the big problem is that you would tackle with five billion fifty billion well polio seems like an interesting one because how many people were dying a year of polio before so it doesn't always kill people. Uh, it was literally there were like 10,000 cases worldwide, I think, in within the last 10 years. So there weren't a lot. Interesting. But I think what he— Someone is, he loved as a child got polio. Is this like a Batman situation? <laughs> I think what he's saying is how come we got—it started with how come we got rid of it completely. And these people—we have the vaccine. We've had the vaccine for yeah. over 50 years. Why is this still happening? It started. And— it would be a real feather in our cap as an organization if we could say mm. we eradicated polio. So for raise fundraising in the future, eradicating polio is a really big thing to be able to say that our private philanthropy did. Got it. So I think that's that's part of what drives him is is if we could just get it all the way. Yeah. We vindicated this organization. Got it. But uh, yeah. So what would you what would you do? I don't know. I mean, I, my impression is that malaria is what kills the most people mm -hmm. i'd have to look into it it's like malaria and then intestinal worms in africa it's crazy i think are the most ravaging and cheapest to solve so that's my initial mm -hmm. inclination but that's just based on one book what yeah that's just based altruism. on effective altruism yeah well the other thing that that made me think and they they touch on it lightly is all of these things that he's done with the exception of toilets toilets are an economic constraint they're they're very expensive to get these toilets he's building this nuclear power plant he builds a plant that cannot melt down the way that Chernobyl melted down, the way that Fukushima did, they had these backup generators. If this plant gets hit by an earthquake, it just sits there. The power just goes off. So there's no meltdowns. And, okay, who's going to build a nuclear power plant? Well, China's got to do it. They're the only one with the economics to build. You have to build these at scale, and they're billions of dollars. Got to do it with China. Super exciting. End of it, trade war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All halted. And so there's these... Science is working, 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 and then politics, religion, and culture just yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, like all of a sudden we're killing vaccinators or this happened. And so it seems like there's a, I don't know if you can address it, a foundational human problem, which is every time we get so close, we kind of just flub it because no one cares enough yeah. to make it a thing. So I don't know how, but it seems that the really foundational problem is that you're working against everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else is trying to stop you. Uh, and so I don't know what to do about it, but it was just, yeah, this trade war happens and then screw it. Yeah. You know, we have more pressing short-term uh, trade wars to win. Yeah. And for a lot of people, the, the money is the bigger incentive than the nuclear power. Yeah. And so then I ask, and I don't know the answer, and I was just been thinking through this. If, in fact, the problem that you're running into is that, yeah, you can get people to fundraise, but you can't get people to really care. How do you get people to care? Well, we've talked about this. It's documentaries. It's like trickster documentaries like that. Uh, what was the conspiracy? Cowspiracy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so you you make them 
and this is this actually connects because what I found, which was interesting, and we did a little bit of a trickster documentary ourselves. I did the fundraiser for Charity Water, and I two days or three days before my birthday put up an Instagram post, as did you for your birthday. Mm-hmm. And I said, we're doing this. We're raising money. We've raised X amount, social proof. It would mean the world to me if you donated, my friends and family, if you want to get me a birthday present, yada. I did not recognize a single name that donated. I'm glad yours failed too. I'm not actually. But yeah, my my birthday fundraiser did, I think, like $100. Well, we raised a couple hundred. And that's because people that I don't know follow me. Theodore from Russia, you know, just random people who have been impacted by the channel. Yeah. And none of my aunts, none of my cousins, and I know some of them saw it because they liked it. None of the people who commented. Oh, yeah. Mine is the most liked (laughs) photo I have. It's like 600 likes. Yeah. If everyone that liked it had donated a dollar, dollar, it would have done six times as well. And so... I I'm not saying that my friends and family are worse. I'm 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 interested. Okay, why? And I did the math. Our Keanu video, mm-hmm. which was on Keanu Reeves, did per view I think like five times better. So not only did it do better because it got two or three million views, but on a per person basis, it That's raised crazy. more money. I'll have to run the exact numbers. That's crazy. And here's what I came up with. Clearly, my friends and family should be an easier group to fundraise for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to. We, we, we hooked him with Keanu. Yeah. And for 10 minutes, we sold them on be like Keanu, be like Keanu, be like Keanu. And then Keanu's generous. Keanu's generous. Keanu's generous. Keanu's generous. Yeah. Do you want to be generous like Keanu? Here's an opportunity to do so. Yeah. And there was 10 minutes of winning their attention, earning it, getting them thinking on this train of thought versus yours was a simple photo, right? Mm-hmm. And mine was a one-minute video. So I had a little bit of that. But it made me realize that even more important then the relationship you have with someone is how much of their attention and how much they're driving on your same track when it comes time to make that call to action ask. And when you're in front of someone and you're looking at them, guess what? Same track. Now that now my mom, dad, brother, sister, whoever is going to pull out their phone and yeah. donate. But when they see my aunts or uncles see me on the internet in a second, I haven't won enough of their attention. And it's a great learning for doing this in the future. Completely useless to post these Facebook things. Yeah. But then I, then I thought this. I have seen people that do not have any sort of really powerful social media presence raise like $1,000 for whatever charity they do on Facebook. Have you seen these? Well, Facebook's better than Instagram, which maybe we should have done Facebook. I did both. Fa- oh, I didn't. Facebook, if you do run it as a donation mm-hmm. on Facebook, don't just post your video. I think it shows the number go up yes. and it's, it's got the network effect. Like I don't, it was hilarious. I donated $60 to my friend's charity. I literally don't even know what it was. She was just like, Please. I'm looking for money. Yeah. And I was like, okay, sure. And my grandma called my mom and was like, I'm so impressed with Ben's donation wow. to charity. And my mom was like, how did you hear about the charity water thing? It's not public yet. And my grandma was like, what charity water thing? <laughs> I'm talking about this leukemia run he donated to. And so, yeah, there's that. It, it shows up on your wall when you donate, and then other people can see it. And, and it's got the bar, right? Yes. And I think we already had $244,000 raised. Mm-hmm. So when I said, help me get to 300000 it's kind of the bystander effect. Ah, there's all these other people here. Somebody will take yeah, care yeah. of it. When your neighbors at 25 bucks out of 500 they have decided to raise, it, it, I think you feel more involved. Oh, yeah. I'll donate twenty five. Well, you can also move the, the you can move the bar. You can move the needle. You know, I think this person that I donated to, 
I think they wanted five hundred dollars. Yeah, I donated fifty bucks. Did ten percent? I just went. Yeah, I just went. Okay, ten. If ten people do this, we'll get there. Yeah, like, I think that's. I don't even know the, the causes, but it's just like, yeah, here you go. So if I'm doing my family, I think I go. I might go micro next time, or not. Not immediate ask for family. a smaller because my parents did donate. Um, my brother did not. <laughs> I have told him ten times yeah. to do it, and he says no. So I'm gonna get him. <laughs> I got two hard tangents on that. Sure. Are we done with the Bill Gates I'm, thing? I'm more interested in, well, the Bill Gates. Yeah, I'm going to think about that for my life because Bill Gates spent billions of dollars and I think has the best of intentions and thinks about this yeah, yeah. all day long. And I don't know that that was the most effective thing to do. So I, I would like to spend time thinking more about it because, you know, we're donating one billionth of what he's donating. So we should consider it. But go ahead. Well, this is a C transition. Okay. We're still grading our transition. Sure. It's about China. China. And this idea that money runs the world. Of course. Did you see the what happened with the Rockets? Yeah, man. The Houston Rockets? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So the general manager of the Houston Rockets sent a six-word tweet, I think it was. I'm not going to get it right. Stand but I think it's with like, Hong Kong. It's, yeah. it's fight oppression, stand with Hong Kong. Yeah. And it set the world on fire in the sense that China saw that and went, cool, yeah, no problem. The Houston Rockets, yeah, they'll never be shown in China. Mm -hmm. Jerseys were immediately taken off the Nike, which is not run by the Chinese government, the Nike website for all the Rockets players. And China Wait, Nike then just reacted to a So China went China went, nice tweet. This is completely unacceptable. Your team is banned. We're gonna reevaluate if the NBA and By banned, they mean we will not cover you. Like they can't stop the NBA from doing it. Though they would if they could. Your team is not welcome to play in China anymore. Mm -hmm. Whereas they were, the Rockets were the second most popular yeah. team in China. You're not welcome to come here and play here. Your jerseys will not be sold here. Your games will not be streamed here. Mm -hmm. Anyone born in China today will never hear. Will not it. know that the Houston Rockets exist. So that was the very first thing they did because of the tweet. <sighs> then they went to the NBA and they said, hey, just so you know, if you don't react strongly to this, we might pull the entire NBA. And the NBA went. Sure, of whatever you want. Of course, we'll, we'll sell you one of our Whatever own. you Exactly. And so, of course, the NBA releases a thing saying that it was irresponsible of Daryl Morey. It's a complicated situation, whatever. The Rockets, the owner releases a thing saying Daryl Morey doesn't speak for the Houston Rockets. You know, it's a complicated situation and he's just one person. Daryl Morey suits out a tweet going, hey, I'm just speaking for myself. Then he deletes everything and just writes an apology tweet because he's people are threatening to fire him. Man. And it was a really, really interesting example. Like I said, Nike got in there. Did anybody show spine? No. Nobody. No. Nobody. And this is so interesting because Nike's got the whole, and it, I really don't, I'm not trying to compare Colin these Colin Kaepernick. Things, exactly. Yeah, Nike's yeah, got yeah. the whole thing of like. Social justice. Well, they have a catchphrase. Blah, blah, it, says, blah. it says, stand up for something even if you lose everything. That's their catchphrase. <laughs> Literally, stand up for something even if you lose everything. Well, here's what they stand China up for. Goes, to be clear, they do. Earning more they money. They for money. <laughs> yeah. That's why they sold the it's Colin what, Kaepernick shirts. Yeah, they did great. They'll stand. Oh, this, <laughs> is what, so this is what I thought was interesting. This dude's tweet came out. China said, we don't like this. And then the NBA, his own owner, who's a close friend of his, his players, James Harden, came out and said, hey, I just want to let you guys know I love our Chinese fans and this and that, which I'm sure, to be clear, like Well, some Chinese people didn't sell him out. The owner didn't sell him out. He said, look, these are his opinions. These don't represent the Rockets. Let's see if he gets fired or not. That I hope that the that they have the guts not Let's to fire him. Let's see if he gets fired. I hope they have the guts not to fire him. And I don't know. Maybe it's a more complicated issue than I thought. Maybe it's an incredibly irresponsible tweet, but I just saw it was fascinating. The Chinese economy is so strong and so important to the U.S. 
that all these mega billion corporations just immediately cave yeah. kowtowed yeah not one person went i actually also also think you should not beat your protesters or send undercover cops uh, to shoot them yeah i too believe in this well i know nothing about the specifics of it and i think it's important to ground myself in that otherwise i'll speak too certain but this is i did have a sense of for 10 years i've been hearing that the u.s is ultimately can do nothing they must accept the the pollution that china does the must accept the this and so when i saw that there was a trade war i was a little bit happy <laughs> because at there's this sense that and and this might be completely factless and fact check me if, if you're smarter than i am or just more informed than i am in the comments but at least somebody said no <laughs> and that hasn't happened and it's incredible because what i am seeing is america's got its issues but the level of censorship that is like oxygen yeah. in china is Dude, you just a plus my next topic did you did you know there's protests going on in iraq too uh no do you know how they deal with their protesters no they shoot rockets at them oh i saw the so we've got rockets we've got us yeah. over here the u.s yeah and i heard so many people recently talk about how the u.s is falling apart and is mm -hmm. going to hell and it's all just terrible now and then you've got hong kong mm -hmm. where they're actually terrified that china's going to come in and and really change and destroy their lives in a way that yeah. no one in america's life has been that drastically changed with a few exceptions and then in Iraq, they don't like their government, and they're getting rockets shot at them. Who is shooting them? I don't know, but I actually pulled up the... I wanted to uh, bring this in. Let me get the article. The reaction that the government had was pretty wild. Let me pull it up. Okay. So unless this article is just completely full of It said, to restore order, the government has tried completely shutting down the internet. Mm -hmm. imposing curfews and firing on demonstrators mm -hmm. makes you feel lucky to be in the u.s yeah when our government doesn't like what we're doing they don't just cut the internet to the whole country yeah they don't fire rockets at no, you it's been a while and, and and kent state happened and the national guard came in i think four people died and that was that was a big deal I just thought it was fascinating because I, I was going down the China rabbit hole, which put me on these news stations. Yeah. And then I went and then I got I got to Iraq and I just went, oh, my God, we're so spoiled. Well, so I think that there's uh, again. So where I can't speak is the geopolitical because who knows what those protesters were doing and who knows who knows the truth of what the Hong Kong. You, I mean, you'd have to really earn it for the U.S. government <laughs> to shoot a rocket at you. Sure. And may tough. maybe you would have to earn it for the Iraqi government. I have no idea. My, my greater point is where I do feel like I could speak comfortably is on the human motivation of at every step, which is somebody at Nike or a team of people at Nike, a team of people at the Rockets, this Maury guy, all recognized what China said, which is, I'll take away your livelihood. I will cost you money. Well, not all your livelihood. Just some. be clear. I'm going to take some money. Some you. money. Yeah. You lose some not money. Not all of it. You'll still have an NBA. You'll still. And the reaction to that was whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And personally, that has got to be a lesson for us, which is it seems like increasingly there's a as you get bigger and as the world becomes more connected, there's a likelihood that somebody's going to threaten you and they're going to say, don't tell what you believe to be the truth or I'll hurt you. 
And when you sit on the outside and you see everybody kowtow, you go, I wish somebody would stand up. But there might come a day yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where it's you. And I, I, I thought about this for this podcast. I was like, <laughs> I hope that China doesn't then try to take us down. I, the only thing that we can do is try to be the change you want to see in the world, yeah, yeah. which is to say, if China tries to shut our podcast down to keep telling the truth as best we can, as res- kindly and respectfully, and and I think it's important not to make claims that you don't understand yeah. as well. But this is, you, this is, I think, and it's interesting because sometimes it actually plays out. Jordan Peterson is an example. He was trying to tell what he thought was the truth at the time and was and felt censored with with the uh, being forced to use particular pronouns for students on a on universal a legal, level, on a, legal on a legal level, whereas individually, if someone came up to him, he would say and, yeah, just, and did. I'll say whatever sure, you want. Sure, whatever you'd like. But being told, no, you'll lose your job if you don't use the words that we're insisting on a legal level, he said, no, I can't. I can't abide by that. I think that whether or not you agree with anyone's particular political stance, you have to admire those people who will put their livelihood at risk in order to tell the truth as they see it. Yeah. And I think we have to just keep this in mind for for life because we might be in a position where we have CU being sold in China one day and we say something and they go, oh, we don't like that. And yeah, we'll yeah. have a choice, money or honesty. <laughs> South Park actually literally just did an episode on this last week. It was yeah. so timely. Yeah. Like one week before this all happened, they did an episode about Chinese economy, basically, and censorship. Yeah. And they had Disney going in there. And and, and all of the big corporations, this is unfortunate, will figure out a way to, to negotiate deal, etc. Oh, yeah. Nobody will go. And it's crazy because as powerful as they are, as which is insane, if everybody unionized in a sense— and said, okay, you don't want the NBA? You know, MLB's pulling out too. This pulling out too. Like, I don't know that China would care. Maybe I, I they would I think censorship wouldn't. comes first. Maybe. I think they would. But I'm telling you that there is an amount of pressure. This The bully is never bigger than everyone on the playground. He's mm. only bigger than all of you individually. <laughs> and so I think that there is a sense. It's If everybody tried to do the right thing, this kind of behavior or, or bullying, I would say, wouldn't stand. They could go, listen. You you got to treat Hong Kong as you're a sovereign nation and you do what you you do. But other people will disagree, and they'll they'll disagree. Yeah, ah, it's just it's a it's a it's gross, man. I don't like it, but I hope that guy keeps his job. We'll see. Yeah, or, or it t- literally happened like yesterday. He'll probably never be heard from again. <laughs> That'll be the end of him. Yeah, and and everybody's been put on notice. Everybody's been put on notice. This is the thing. By making an example out of him, every famous person, every athlete, everybody with a Twitter account has been told, we'll bury you. (laughs) Not only we'll bury you, we'll bury your company, and then they'll bury you for us. (laughs) Your own friends will put the bullet in your head. (laughs) That's the scariest part. It's just like the ending of John Wick 3. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Your own friend will do it. That's the, the worst. Spoilers, Any other? I guess. There's, oh, spoilers. Yeah, maybe just cut that. Big news. Coming in from the future, guys. Dude. Little, little, uh, One day later, we had to shoot it. We had a wardrobe change, and we came back a day later because we had originally covered the NBA stuff in China, and then more news came back, and it felt... Every story is always developing, but it felt wrong to, put, to end this one where we did yeah, for yeah. an entire week. Great news. I give credit. The so, NBA commissioner yeah. is not compensated based on NBA revenue. Yeah. Which is awesome because he came out and he said, I will not police the employees of the NBA. Mm-hmm. I will not censor them 
They can say whatever they want. It's freedom of speech. And he said it apologetically, kind of, mm -hmm. while trying to be nice to China, because this is going to cost the NBA billions of dollars. But he said, you know what? I'm not going to fire him. I'm not going to censor him. And mm -hmm. Freedom of speech. No, what would be really funny is if tomorrow, was, <laughs> as this is going on, this guy is fired. He's fired. And we got to shoot it again. No. <laughs> Just the 24-hour news cycle. I saw it, and I was stoked. I thought it was awesome. Yes, I because was. Because the NBA itself released a press release saying they, they were apologetic. And it's funny because you can tell there's multiple minds existing in this giant organization. And someone said, get the Chinese revenue. Yeah. And they, commi they asked the commissioner. The commissioner said, well, freedom of speech. Those two things can correspond, meaning he does not represent the NBA is 100% true. Yeah. And I will not tell him what he can and cannot say on his own private Twitter account. Yeah. Which isn't, again, completely true. So I was this – is, this is part of the issue is – I was trying to zoom out and take the content out of what was said. Certainly there are tweets that a GM can tweet that are personal opinions that can get him fired the next day. Yeah. So they do police what people say, right? Is that not the case? I'm sure you could say something. You could say a lot of things. Yeah. And I'm sure a million of them Probably just drop the N-bomb and you're fired. Just once, yes. One slur would do it, yeah. to be clear. So... It's not that they don't police what they say. It's that the powers that be in this particular circumstance do not add up to enough pressure on Adam. What's his name? Silver. This is Aaron Silver. Adam Silver. Adam. Adam Silver. Uh, to make this particular judgment mm -hmm. the case. Because I was thinking about this. Like, you guys don't police what they say? Are you sure about that? I'm 100% sure there's a lot of Twitter statements that, that would get you kicked out that are not illegal speech. Yeah, yeah. And so I've been really interested because everybody is acting like this is a First Amendment right. And I really think it comes down to where your particular incentives line up. So I, I was just trying to find this before we came back today to shoot. And Fox News is just reveling in this. Yeah, yeah. They just love it. They're, you know, all oh, these NBA players that are always outspoken about X, Y, and Z, all shutting up now about China, the hypocrisy. They're, they're loving it. And I go... Well, clearly you guys don't seem to care. So does Fox News not have a big presence in China? What's going on here? And I was thinking, I was like, is there another example of when Fox News w was not on the social justice thing with regard to athletes? And Colin Kaepernick, yeah. the entire message to him was shut up and play football, yeah. shut up and play football. With this guy, it's we, were, we applaud you for standing up. And so I don't think anyone cares about the First Amendment or the freedom of speech or is thinking of this in a principled way. Yeah. It comes down to where your personal incentives are lined up and your politics, yep. basically. So I haven't, I haven't totally had time to digest what that means. I'm, I don't know if you have any reaction. I do. First, Angel, can you turn the AC off? Oh, yeah. I turned it on to make it colder in here, but I don't want that. I yeah. don't want it to just bleh, the whole time. It, I, well, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> so what is, what is your reaction to that? No, I agree. I mean, that's not shocking at all. Yeah. You're saying that instead of having a principle where they always support the First Amendment, they change it depending on if they like the message. And to be clear, it's, it's not a First Amendment issue at all. And we all, I think, agree that any organization can choose to not partner with any other person or organization depending on speech that they say, because speech doesn't protect your right to force someone else to form a partnership mm -hmm. with you. Uh, so I was thinking about it, and I, as, as crazy as it is, China and the CCTV— have a right to, for whatever reason, say, we don't want to work with you. Oh, we, don't, we don't like what you think, say, or do. No, of it course. is weird that they're to scrub one team <laughs> from the NBA. Yeah. But they also well, shut now, down games. Well, they're going to, yes, now they're not showing 
any NBA preseason games. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Now, is CCTV a Chinese broadcasting station, I take it? Yeah. And they're just going basketball. I have a, does I have a question. Exist. Are there broadcasting stations in China that aren't? Chinese broadcasting stations in the sense I didn't, that they I aren't. meant I meant is it ESPN is it a larger station so it, does it only cover basketball that was my question oh I thought you meant is it owned by the government uh, because certainly. the answer is yes <laughs> is it owned by a Chinese person <laughs> yeah it's owned by the government so it's in mainland China yeah there's a lot here to to think through and I'm doing this live because I can't we didn't have time. We're just like, we got to shoot I this. think it's the only place you can see NBA games. I think it's their equivalent of league pass basically. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to pretend, I'm trying to take any particular politics out of this. Because what I understand is that for the Chinese government, certainly, and for, I, un I believe, many mainland Chinese, having Hong Kong not have the same laws as the rest of China is like having New York City not have the same laws as the yeah, rest yeah. of New York. Because 100 years ago, the British colonized it and haven't quite given it back yet. So the violence on the streets would uh, but they go it's it's our it's ours it's yeah. new york city like you don't get to tell us what to do and i believe that is the stance of even some chinese who are in the know and 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 understand some of the violence that is even occurring they go well this we are a sovereign nation <laughs> this is part of our our this belongs to china so california trying to secede. Uh, secede yeah i mean we had a civil war you know what i mean like you don't get to be separate now clearly the politics of hong kong and, and the confederate south are different but I'm trying to pull out principles here mm. and and understand that, okay, yeah, China actually is within, I would say, reasonable things. Just, we don't have to work with anybody that we don't want to. Yeah, of course. The NBA, reasonable, saying, okay, well, we think your politics suck. But what seems to happen is that everybody is taking a moral high ground saying that they do or do not support free speech when that's clearly not the case. Every, it's just if you – this politi this particular political thing happens to line up with your interests or not so fox news loves free speech but with colin kaepernick shut up and play football yeah so i i don't know what to make of it other than it has nothing to do with free speech for a lot of the pundits talking about it and of course the right to free speech has nothing to do with your right to associate with anybody else in a business context sure ah, it's complicated stuff man i don't know what do you think I just, I just think it's interesting to watch how predictable people's reactions are. Mm -hmm. You just don't tell me any names, but just tell me how a person is financially compensated. Mm. Yes. And I can pretty accurately tell you how they fall on this. So yeah. the owner of the Rockets, does he? how's he going to react <laughs> to losing all of China's revenue? He's going to apologize and try to get China's revenue back. Yeah. James Harden, who sells a ton of jerseys over there, and I'm sure is compensated for being the second most popular player in all of China. How's he going to react? He's going to send a tweet saying that he likes China and he's sorry for his GM. And so it's just like that to me is the most awesome part is that you don't have to know anybody's name or face. If I just tell you how their pay is affected, mm -hmm. you will have a very accurate guess of if they came out in support or against. Yeah, it's sad. Well, I, I would one potential counterexample in the news. And this is why everybody seems to rally is South Park, who yeah. went, we will take a hit. I don't know how big the hit is, but... They're, they will make less money when South Park doesn't run in China. Yeah, and they've made an episode about this, and within a week, not just that episode, all of South Park is banned from China. So, yes, you hope that... And I think for that, I mean, dude, you, you can criticize them on other things, I'm sure, but they do seem to consistently not prioritize profit. Uh, yeah, they other things get factored in clearly as yeah. well. They want to make a popular show, but... 
I think that's how you want to live is, is you want to go, I will take less money in order to do what I think is right. Yeah. And I don't think they were shocked when they were banned. And they yeah. were banned no, almost they, immediately. They knew. They yeah. said, they said, well, how about we go get kicked out of China? Which is funny. And they might wind up, because I haven't watched South Park in four or five seasons. I'm going to go track yeah, down this China. Episode. Episode. I want to watch it, man. <laughs> we do a Ben and Charlie react. Yeah. Um, let's let's go watch that South Park episode. And I now I got a lot of catching up to do, because I've heard that... They, they dipped for a couple seasons. I felt like around the election, it was just not very funny for me. Well, this is random. But did you hear what happened with the election? No. They Oh, you didn't, they, were, oh they thought that they Hillary... were positive that Hillary Clinton was going to beat Trump. Yeah. So the whole season's arc yeah. was coming towards that. And then Trump won and they just scrapped the whole thing. They were going to have this thing where they ship all the men to Mars and they put them underground mm -hmm. and all they're good for is their semen and their jokes. Yeah. And they mail both back to the, <laughs> the United or the yeah. Earth and the Earth is only populated by women. Then Trump won. They went none of this makes any sense oh man and so they just threw together the member berries at midnight the yep. night before it aired that makes a lot of it sense. was airing the night i think the day after maybe two days after but yeah they were just like scrap everything yeah throw it out <laughs> they pulled, throw it out they pulled an all-nighter to throw it a season finale that together. makes sense and that's unfortunately when i stopped watching because i was like this, this is makes rambling no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and not very no funny. they came out and said they're just like dude we normally you'd write two in a presidential yeah. candidate race you know you'd write one if obama wins and you'd write one if the opposition wins romney yeah. we didn't write one for if trump would win <laughs> and we got caught holding the bag yeah we were not prepared yeah yeah so let's get back on that south park train now good good stuff oh also just fascinating and the you see blizzard no you like hearthstone you're a hearthstone guy well right? i did like hearthstone but it's kind of pay to win yeah. So I just, I just like, ah, I'm out of so here. So there was a Hearthstone tournament uh -huh. that was won by a guy who was from Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And in his winner speech, he said, this is the, the fight of our generation, freedom to Hong Kong. Blizzard has a clause that says, for any reason, if you upset us or upset our fan base, we will take your prize money away. Mm. So all of his prize money was stripped and he was banned from Hearthstone tournaments for a year. I believe, and this this was too unbelievable for me to read, so I couldn't fact check it enough in time, that the two announcers who were there were also fired. <laughs> and that, that sounds so absurd. That was just what I quickly saw for on not, Reddit. Like, I, feel bad, in. I feel bad for not doing more research, and I don't want to perpetuate things that aren't true. But that was what I just read. And, and I looked. I was like, it appeared to be a statement from them. I was. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've also, with the casters, is who they, they cut. I was going, what the heck? We've also then, fired half the dev team for no reason, but that we're angry. We're sorry, China. Everyone went nuts because on Reddit in particular, Free Hong Kong is, is very popular. Yeah. And so the Blizzard subreddit, which apparently happens to be owned by some people related to Blizzard, was locked down. Or maybe just the mods got overwhelmed with yeah. with the complaints. Is that guy going to do a GoFundMe or a Patreon or something? So then another card game wisely stepped in and said, this is horrible. We don't do this. We're going to pay his prize money and invite him to our $500,000 tournament oh, for, for our tournament. Uh, everybody's, you know, good guys. I'm going to sign up for their game. At least that's what they say. It, it'll be similar to the whole Equinox thing, which is, yeah, yeah. you know, everyone's canceling their World of Warcraft subscription wasn't there another this reminds me we're all over the place but this reminds me of an internet provider wasn't there an internet provider that was losing market share over and over and over and so they came out and they said we have vpns included or something like that where we we care about privacy like chrome or internet explorer got hacked and they came out and they were all about privacy oh yeah but yeah, it's yeah. not because they're all about privacy duck, duck, go it's because yeah. they're getting crushed yeah, yeah, and this duck, card duck. game they don't actually care about any of this politics mm -hmm. they're just going we're getting crushed because we don't have as good of a game or as popular of a game. This is our chance 
to use outrage to our advantage. Yeah. Yeah, and I understand it from tr from Blizzard's perspective, which is let's take China out of it. Never mind that they stand to lose a ton of money, but just pretend like they're having this card game, and then somebody gets on and makes in a political. It's it's I believe it was hosted in some Asian thing where it's probably going to be more divisive, where there's a billion mainland Chinese that might not share the same sentiment yeah, yeah. as the rest of the world with regard to Hong Kong, and you're going. Do you have to do this at our card game? You know what, We though? just want to play cards. You know what, though? I respect the guy that did it. Sure. He's from Hong Kong. And, I respect and the guy that that's was like, his... you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and risk a ton of blowback. And I think you have to. If, if you're going to do that. That's the Gandhi move, right? You go yeah. piss off everyone because this, this matters. I think if you want to respect that, you have to respect people who hold opinions that you disagree with to do the same thing. So people, I know that you don't because we've, but you know, vegans who get in people's faces or people screaming out of abortion clinics that get, you know, that, that get in people's faces, maybe not directly, but take up a spotlight to shout about something that they think is really important and sure, really sure. wrong. This guy, I would say the difference is versus the abortion clinic. Mm -hmm. This guy didn't go in front of a building where yeah. people are trying to go with a sign and scream at them this yes. guy won something and then gave it, it's like for instance if you won an oscar and you made your speech about veganism because you think that what chris pratt are, did and said we need god yeah you know what i'm saying yeah which i actually think is like fine sure i'm just i'm what i'm trying to recognize is if i want to give him credit independent of the argument for which you can assess well, on I'm not, its own and merit. also i'm not yeah i'm not saying his argument mm -hmm. is good or the bad guts. i'm saying it's brave mm. i respect that bravery sure he took a financial hit we talk, we talk about on the podcast all the time how yeah. the world is run by money. Yeah. Everybody's doing what they can to make money. So I just – I always got to take my hat off to the guy that goes, well, what did he win? I'm sure it was material to him. k or something. You know? I don't know exactly. Um, I don't know his financial situation, but I imagine Hearthstone gamers aren't making a ton of money. <laughs> you know, just to be like, listen, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to lose money here. And I'm probably going to get a ton of hate, which sucks mm -hmm. because I care about this. That's scary. That mm -hmm. doesn't feel good. And so that's all. Totally. I just, I just take my hat off to courage. Totally. Totally. And I try to imagine, and and I imagine trying to take my hat off to people who might disagree with me on particular topics. Sure. Imagining he'd said, uh, "Abortion is murder," or you know, everyone everyone needs to be able to get free and easy access to abortion. Like whatever side of whatever thing he takes, it takes courage yeah, yeah. to stand up there and go, "They're going to strip me of my money for what I believe in." And I don't have the answer to this because what kind of world? do you want to live in? Let's mm. pretend that you're organizing this Hearthstone tournament and all you've been thinking about is the production and getting the cameras and which card is better and all of a sudden there's this political thing coming in. It would be understandable for those people to be like, what? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I just wanted to play cards. Sure. I mean, the flip side is the British government would have loved for Gandhi to shut up yeah, too. Yeah, of you know? course. And so I guess what we're saying, weirdly enough, is we, I mean, how would you like if somebody... I don't know. We don't really have a platform that people can jump on like this, but we're to somehow get on our podcast while on live air and just use that time to dominate their issue that they thought was important. Why well, would you just disagreed with it? I don't have to like it yeah. to respect the courage of it. Is sure. what I'm saying. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I'd be pissed, but the, some part of me would have to be like, it's brave as to do right in front of my face. Totally. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And so that's what I'm trying to to split in my head, which is what you're describing. Respect for the courage to put one's finances and reputation yeah. and livelihood at risk. And then separately to assess, do I agree or disagree with what this person is saying? Yeah. And just to make clear, with regards to Hong Kong, I know very, very little about the specifics of it. Uh, so, which is why I've tried not to comment too much as other than Darryl, just- As Daryl Morey's latest tweet said, it's yeah. a complicated issue. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm not being paid by China. And he's learning from all sides, you know? I'm not being paid just, by anyone. Just like you said. <laughs> there so, are so wise, Daryl. Fine people on all sides. So, wise. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was our hop on addendum. It's just worth saying. Yeah. And again, shout out to to the commissioner of the NBA. And uh, I bet the owner some of the owners were not pleased with that move. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff, man. I I think there's really, really intriguing principles at play when you see certain people take opposing sides. And for me, what's always most fascinating is the personal psychology that goes into it. And I think there's a ton to learn here. And maybe I'll have more next week when we I've had time to sort of think this through. Mm-hmm. But my thing with freedom of speech is I actually, even for people I don't agree with, think they should be able to say what they want. So Jewish guy, right? Mm-hmm. The neo Nazis when they march. They had a 400-person march in the South. Mm -hmm. I actually think they should have a right to do that. But what kills me is when Fox, NBC, CNN, all these news stations cover it. Because if they didn't cover that, then 407 people would know about the neo-Nazi march. It'd be the neo-Nazis and the neighborhood around them. But in an attempt to get clicks, they're profit-hungry. The news stations go, we can't allow this, this and that. And they create outrage. And then millions of people are thinking about neo-Nazism, and then that helps the platform more than the march ever could have. So weirdly enough, I think, whether I agree with you or not, you have a right to say it. What kills it is when, in the name of dollars, organizations give these organizations free media coverage, millions of dollars that they couldn't possibly afford to pay for to promote Nazism. Yeah, the the difficult thing there, I think, is, is when I heard you say that, I wanted to hear it because... That was a stupid sentence. When I heard you say it, I wanted to hear it. My goodness. Cut it, Angel. <laughs> no, keep it in, man. That's terrible. I was watching Separate Tangent. I was watching Russell Brand the other day, marveling at how eloquent and quick he is and thinking, I'll practice that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so with regard to the neo-Nazi thing, I think it's easy to demonize the corporation and not recognize that the only reason that it's they can chase it. those yeah. clicks no, that bothers if you're not TV, getting what you like. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Read the news. I don't have news apps. I don't get mm-hmm. alerts to that. But I agree. The other problem with this is that people love to feel outrage, and so all these people that purport to not support Nazis read a ton about neo Nazis, mm-hmm. which makes corporations want to write more about neo Nazis. So it's a cycle that is definitely fed by the population. It's I fed think. By the I, th- I think it's fed by demand. Yes. I think it's fed by. One hundred percent. It's not a supply side issue where the news is determined. We will force neo-Nazi marches down people's throats. It's people have demanded yes. to respond to this yes. type of stuff, and so as totally everything that we cover. I do think that the ultimate answer is to check yourself yes. for the things that you click that make you angry, incited, that are actually small beans in the in the well, scope my point, of right? the we world. Talk about all of this recently like this rise of nazism Mm. and it's there's such small numbers at these marches but people love to talk about it people love to click it and so it gets covered yeah and it's a it's a vicious cycle because then it gets covered more because it's making them money yeah so what we have to constantly check is check our own emotion when we talk about this kind of stuff because we are a small part of the media at this point there are people who watch us and who are giving us their eyeballs in exchange for entertainment news etc so what I would I just a good reminder for us is to take a deep breath because the anger is a cycle. It is a cycle that keeps people clicking things that make them angry and blowing up smaller issues. We should never link to any other news. <laughs> That's what we should do. It's only we only link internal from now on. <laughs> Go Angel. watch. 
no outside sources <laughs> go in the watch an, our networking video charisma on command it, that that's the difficulty and it's going to be tougher but what we're we talked about this yesterday and i think this is the answer what's the most fundamental problem it's what people demand there needs to be this is so cliche a change in consciousness yeah whereby neo-nazi march with 400 people is less popular than help your neighbor out smile at a friend you know like, and actually we need to we need to do this when we think of podcast stuff because yeah. i've seen it on our podcast when we talk about the james charles scandal yeah way more views than yep. if we talk about how can you live a happier life mm -hmm. that title just bombs yeah. no one cares so if we are going to talk about these things which i think we should because i think that there has to be i think this is the lamest word but higher consciousness stuff i don't know a better word for it uh more uh, emotionally separated trying to improve oneself rather than get angry at the world type stuff doesn't market itself very well mm -hmm. it stays in these very niche corners of the world and i think what we are good at to a degree and we've done it on our channel is marketing we know yeah. how to <laughs> we know how to follow the fame of a conor mcgregor and, and get people to look at our stuff right yeah so we, we got to do that here <laughs> we need to get really good at the improv game that reminds me of yeah <laughs> so you'll bring up hong kong we'll talk about hong kong for 30 seconds yeah and then i'll go that reminds me of buddhism <laughs> and then the title will be charlie men discuss hong kong yeah but really it's buddhism. really you all need to meditate and the problems are inside yeah. and not in the media i would but say also in the simple media. habit yeah. Even though we don't get compensated, I still would say you simple have it. Okay. So that was that was all. Any any other final thoughts before we hop back to the regular podcast? Sorry if this is super out of joint, guys. We're going to send you back now to Charlie and Ben yesterday, who have no idea we're here. They didn't know this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any? Oh, here's one thing I did this week. Yeah. I have my third chakra opened. Oh. Yes. Goody. It's open now, man. Dope. How's it feel? My power center. Does it feel different? Well, I was operating at one third power before, and now I'm at full power. Wow. Yeah. So. You did. See, I did sense a more powerful aura. No, so it was. He said facetiously. <laughs> so it was interesting, and I am intrigued by all these things. And you know, I sign up for yeah. all of these things. You do frequently. This was a recommendation of someone that that is into this world, and so I went. And it's an interesting dude. He very. He's got charisma. Uh, he's got you no one would argue that this person has something and whether you put it in energy terms or just personality terms you're at ease immediately with him you like him immediately did he take charisma university <laughs> how did he do it how did he do it? but he must have pirated it yeah <laughs> so he's an interesting dude and according to him he senses energy flows and it flows from your root chakra all the way up and people get uh, events in their life that shut things down and mess up the energy flow and so he poked around and went oh your third okay we're gonna do this lean back deep breaths breathe it was interesting it was there was one moment that was psychedelic in nature which i thought was pretty impressive that it, is impressive it was now we weren't doing heavy breathing it was three breaths in then breathe out mm -hmm. but that was it was three breaths in breathe out without heavy breathing beforehand and i was yeah, yeah, I was in. I was like, okay, good. That's that's pretty cool, man. I'll give you that. Now, he also slipped you acid. <laughs> and I, there's nothing to measure at this point. Yeah. So I. Can't. How do you feel? Do you feel different? Does it feel? I feel fine. I sent Grace. She walked out convinced that it was real. Mm. That it was that he had done something. She cried and this and that. But all, she always cries and and those sorts of things. So I remain un convinced but interested is mm -hmm. what i would say and so 
Yeah, you're a very you're an open-minded. You're critical but open-minded. Yeah. Whereas I would say I am skeptical. Yeah. Well, like my... I go in being I go in thinking I'm going to look for why this doesn't make sense. So I'm I have that in me too. And Grace doesn't. So when I speak to her, I have to be I have to explain to her what a cold read is cuz he does a lot of cold reading, mm-hmm. which is Okay, so is your dad a tough guy? It's like, okay, like 60, 70% of dads are, are going to be brusque, tough guys that mm. don't know how to show affection. You know, they were born in the yeah, 50s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what a dad is. And, oh, so she's Asian. You, you come from an Asian background, like very like limited with loving expression. Like, okay, that's a cold read. Sure. And then, of course, he misses some of the cold reads, which you forget about immediately right. if, if you're not paying attention. So, so – I, there's definitely some cold reading going on, but he, to his credit, is a better cold reader than most, mm-hmm. as are you and I. We can talk to somebody and go, something happened in their childhood with their mother or their father or this, yeah, yeah. and be right 80% of the time because we've seen the patterns, as has he. So I'm familiar with the, a lot of the ways that you can create amazing effects, predict amazing things. Yeah. So there's a lot of cold reading going on, which is cool and i'm open to it i think what often happens with a lot of the new agey stuff is that it has grains of truth mm-hmm. in it that that they are capable of of creating trance-like states that people cry emotional shifts occur all of these things which are undeniable because they're experiential happen and the explanation given is is often a reach yeah. so i'm doing this because i'm tapping into the collective unconscious and i'm open to that but if that is the case then you should have x y and z powers which you claim you should yeah. be able to predict these things about me with higher certainty than you're capable of so yeah. you should be able to tell me about my childhood and what what the name of my street was if you can go into my past and look around right but of course you can't do that you yeah. can only do things that have a you can tell i had a tough dad you can tell i had, well not he wasn't even that tough yeah he was a man's man right yeah so oh i hope he i hope he watches the podcast he'll really enjoy that you just called him a man's man you think so yeah you don't say much nice about him that's is that nice see you think that's nice that's the difference. <laughs> He's a man. That's good. <laughs> so what else do we have? Do you have any other topics? Yeah, I don't want to belabor it, but I figured I should say it on the podcast since we talked about the preamble. Tried the more vegetarian diet for two weeks. Mm. Accidentally lost, I forget if it was five pounds or 10 pounds, but like lost noticeable amounts of weight, felt low energy and started having headaches. Mm. So I think it was just due to lack of calories. The vegan diet, not the vegetarian, right? It was vegetarian. Okay. But I'm, I'm, I think it was probably lack of calories. I'm sure there's a way to get clever with it. But I was crushing guacamole and nuts, and I was trying my best to eat a lot. Yeah. And so after two weeks of it, this girl I'm seeing just went, why don't you just go back to what you were doing before that made you feel good? So I'm back to what I was doing before that made me feel good. Sorry. Which is pescatarian. Yeah. Got it. With chicken. So it's not. It's just no mammals. No no cows and pigs. No Got mammals. It. Oh, no octopus, basically. No big-brained animals, but... Yeah, that experiment failed. The, yeah. the trailer to the documentary got me really excited. The Tennessee Titans are all vegan. I don't know how they do it, but that's the end of it. I couldn't do it. So what else do we have, Angel? Any other? Is that is that the? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I just what figured, else do we have for uh, this I, week? Because I came out on the podcast. And was as, so, as, so adamant that I was going to try it. Like, yeah, here's the update. I didn't yeah, like it. Yeah. I experimented. I didn't like it. I dropped it. What we got? So I've got some current events. And the first thing I have here is that uh, California Governor 
Gavin Newsom signed a bill to allow college athletes uh, here in California to earn money for <gasps> their names and likenesses through endorsement That's deals. That's super cool. Yeah, through endorsement deals. So the college won't pay them. They still don't get a salary, but they can now use their image to get endorsement deals and sponsorships and even just make a YouTube channel or monetize their Instagrams, for example. That's something they couldn't do before. Wow. Of course, the NCAA is not happy <laughs> at all. <laughs> And has actually threatened to not allow California teams to compete for championships. China all over again. Dude, it's so it's ridiculous. It's China all it's over so, again. The most ridiculous part is when I first heard this, that the athletes were going to get paid. I thought, thank God. Now universities yeah. will have to bid for the likes of Zion Williamson mm -hmm. and pay him $10 million to play. Because he's worth $80 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. The universities still get their free child labor. Yeah. What Zion can do is shine is sign a shoe deal yeah. one year earlier. And they're still fighting it, which is absurd. You guys absolutely bone these students. Yeah. You should have to pay them. You should have to bid, which is what I thought. So I think it's hilarious that they're fighting. I it. want to sit in so badly because again, I presume they're humans like the ones you pass in the street on an NCAA meeting. And I want to hear the rationalizations they have. And I want to... That's the same... It's the Houston Rockets and Nike. All, it's just the money, though. No, no. No, people can't... I don't think people can so brazenly admit to their selfishness. Oh, I think the NBA said that China was a huge revenue and we had to get in front of it. I don't think China, I don't think the NBA thought about well, the no, protests. Okay, yes. And here's why. Because the NBA, 364 out of 365 days, goes, we are setting up a really fun game for people to play that brings the world together. And today... We have to we have to sell out. Sure, okay? but I just think that they knew they were sure. The NCAA, out. the entire mission of their organization is to exploit <laughs> is to exploit eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and twenty one year olds. Yeah. And yes, also there's a field hockey team that they <laughs> they get some money too. But like, let's not kid ourselves with those. Well, stupid, they get so much less though. With the stupid commercials about ninety percent of athletes, yada yada yada. Yeah, but ninety percent of your revenue is is football basketball at these huge schools yeah and your by the way your expenses are, is your football coach so my point is that the ncaa is going to have they're going to have to do cognitive dissonance in order to explain how they get up every single day yeah. and exploit these kids versus the nba goes i did i did a selfish thing that one time and so i would love to sit in and and hear them talk about this it's i because i guarantee you they're not going they're going to steal from like we're definitely taking advantage of these people yeah yeah you saw it. It was uh, there's a great Django Unchained. The perhaps the most interesting psychological thing in there is when Calvin Coley or whatever his name is, Leonardo DiCaprio, has all these skulls. Mm -hmm. Why does he have all these skulls? Because he has to. He has to explain why his lifestyle makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's like why waste the time? Why? Yeah, because if, if you were to say, "Oh no, I'm just." I'm just exploiting other human beings who are just as smart, capable, and worthy of <laughs> freedom as, as I am. Yeah. You can't do that. So I want to see where their, their skulls with the dimples are on the NCAA, sure. how, they, how they tell themselves this is a good thing for yeah, these yeah. athletes. We're not going to let California, USC compete in a championship. Oh, my God. And I, and these well, are I don't know why the NCAA cares at all about them being allowed to get sponsorships or have YouTube channels. That's, that's ludicrous to me. I think me. it's like Chinaman. You crack the door on saying that these kids deserve money you and and also that changes the economics because all of a sudden my payday doesn't come after i've done it all for you my payday comes 
while I'm doing it for mm-hmm. you. And so it just it it puts power in the hands of their slaves. I really, 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 really hope that it stays because you're going to see such an influx of talent to California. Yeah. Every other state will pass this law. There you go. You nailed before it. Before it even happens. You just nailed Dude, it. It won't last one season. You just nailed it. I'm, I'm going to go to Duke. Hey, did you know if you go to USC, <laughs> you can make five million dollars next year yeah i'm declaring for usc you go to the university of sacramento you're gonna have super yeah. teams pop up everywhere yeah. that's what i'm saying and so you hit it which is if one state does this they all do oh it. it's over and if they all they do pass it, these laws so alabama you think they're gonna just lay down and, and then guess what california is gonna say next they're gonna go well what if we, uh, we i mean remember that year where we were dominant yeah. what if we paid players yeah. what if we let the free market operate here and everyone else had a not free market you think we'd get better talent they would again, and then every state would open it up. So they see that a crack in the door, it's like a camel coming in the tent. He's got his yeah, nose yeah. in, man. He's, he's all the way in. I want it. Me too. I want it. I would love if they uh, just had to pay these Hilariously people. for the consumer, it just results in better talent because Zion wouldn't leave Duke. Wouldn't wouldn't be in a rush. He would have to he'd go, I'll stay another year. I really like all these guys, yeah, and I'm yeah, already yeah. making money. Having a great time. It'd be interesting. You'd get more talented teams. The fans would win. But, and then again, pulling it back to yourself, the question is, how can you identify if you work at an NCAA-like organization and are doing NCAA-like things? Mm. And I've been, I think internet marketing is dangerous. Like, we, we, we're swimming in a swamp. Let's yeah. not kid ourselves. And it's, it's, it'd be very, very easy, and I actually do think we do a good job, but we should have a meeting to sit down and, and really question how might we be starting to move in bad directions in order to capture more market share or whatever? Uh, because I see constantly via Henry, my brother, is just he sends me these internet gurus and then they show that how much money they're making. We've talked about this, but I can't get over it. And then their student is the next ad you see and they show how much money they're making. And at every level, it's this is how much money I am making teaching people how to make money. And you have a grandpa who is teaching uh, someone scheme, yeah. who is down to here and at every level there's people teaching people how to make money by doing an online course and no, one's actually <laughs> and no anything, one is yeah. producing anything other than how to make money and it's yeah at no point is there a product or information related to not making money so we just we need to make sure that that we don't live in that because certainly a lot of our colleagues do and it'd be very easy to fall into Buy Charisma University, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Link in the description. So you want me to you want me to you want me to bag the how to make money course that I was working on? <laughs> no, Is that what you're no, no, no. I think I think. No, I'm just kidding. No, and I I want to make this distinction because I people I am not anti courses on how to make money. Yeah, if our friend Justin, who runs a bone broth company that's been very successful that you've seen in stores, started yeah. a company about how to make money in consumer products. Yeah. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. It's specifically the people that are teaching. They are online coaches teaching you how to be an online coach. And that's when it becomes a pyramid scheme. And they have no success outside of yes, that. Yes, that's the big thing. If you, how much money would they have left if you took all of the income related to teaching people how to make money away? Yeah. So if you did that from Tony Robbins, he still got hundreds yeah, yeah. of millions of dollars. That's a fair point. Tony Robbins teaches people how to make money, but yeah, yeah. he's got take, take that eight hundred million dollars. Take that away from him. And 30 of them came from that. Yes. And and in what order did they come is the other thing. Yeah. So w- what were you doing before? And if you made it without teaching people to make money and you went, I'm going to turn around and teach, God bless, you're probably an excellent teacher. Yeah, and yeah. You're, you're, you're one of the ones that we need more we of. We need you in the swamp yeah. of pyramid schemes. Yeah. And, and it's also, I see this 
the ad copy, which is fascinating because the big thing now is do an online course. We have an online course. And the promise is even if you don't know anything, have a thing, this, like you could do an online course and it's great. Now we have coaches teaching health that aren't good at health and fitness. Yeah, yeah. And I can't even tell you this. So we reached out to someone who was super helpful in our yeah. journey oh, how did of how to be an entrepreneur. So I wanted to sell his course, Marketing Step-by-Step, Step, which is an incredible course on marketing. I recommend it all the time. And he doesn't have an, I don't think he knows this, but his team doesn't have an affiliate program set up for marketing step-by-step. Step. So mm -hmm. what his team said was, what if you did virtual coach? That's where we have all our affiliates. Mm. And I went, I don't want to create virtual coaches. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. teach people how to be entrepreneurs, how to market, yeah. how to start any business. Well, what you can do is you can affiliate for this thing where we teach people how to teach people. And that's what they have affiliate set up. We, can't, really we can't do the other program. They do not. I emailed them back. I said, will you please set up an affiliate center for mm -hmm. marketing step-by-step? Step? I don't think it's that complicated to set up an affiliate. Here's center. the other thing. Or just have a purchase page because you don't. They yeah, yeah, can't yeah. even. I tell people to go buy it and it's we must wait on this email list to get it. And like, yeah, they want to buy it because yeah, I just make a website a... called marketing step by step. I don't need, I don't need to get an affiliate fee. I yeah. just want to recommend it. I think it's great. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that was interesting to me because I because they have a great course on entrepreneurship, which they yeah. don't promote because it's more profitable to promote their how to be a virtual coach program. And there's this thing that's being sold and we know several of them and we've met them over the course of our journey. The idea that. I think that there is there's a discrepancy between what makes an excellent player or performer and what makes an excellent coach. They're not the same. But I do think that a coach needs experience yeah. as a player and preferably successful experience as a player in order to just understand what they're going through. And the pitch that's being sold to these life coaches and business coaches is you don't need to have done anything related to the industry or to have you related to, to their marriage you could be a marriage coach without ever ever having being married if you understand these mm -hmm. human and it's okay there's an element of universality to the human experience yes i agree but you're going to be more effective yeah. and if you've been there so I, that's the other pitch that that i often see made is you don't have to ever have been successful doing anything you know being a coach is completely different and I get, yeah, I'm on all those email lists that, that want to. No, you'd like, yeah, you'd like your fitness coach to be fit, your charisma coach to be charismatic, yeah. and you'd like your wealth coach to have made money before he became a wealth coach yeah. or she became a wealth or, coach. Or, and there's even like the guy, what's the guy's name, Paul, Michael Pollard, who I don't know is in great shape these days, but, or Arnold Schwarzenegger. He might not be fit today, but he can still teach you yeah, about it. Like, for sure. I don't care where you have to have done it yeah. at some point. So, anywho. All right, rant over. Rant over. What else do we have? So this next one's not super serious, but it's just something I thought was interesting. Uh, it's sort of a little twist on cancel culture. Uh, so a 24-year-old guy named Carson King held up a sign at, um, a, at, that was shown on ESPN's College Game Day. It said, Bush Light Supply Needs Replenished with this Venmo. You guys can see a picture. Okay. Uh, so that went viral immediately, and he got a ton of donations, and he immediately announced that it was just a joke, but that he was going to donate all the money to a local children's hospital. And so Venmo ended up deciding to match his donation, and he got a bunch more. Oh. He ended up raising over a million dollars. Holy crap. Yeah, so he made a ton of money um, that he was going to donate to this children's hospital. <laughs> and they, uh, a, a, a newspaper called the Des Moines Register did an article about him and about the whole thing. And at the end, they mentioned some tweets they had found from his oh. past. <laughs> 
uh, which were uh, racist in nature. So uh, King did have to apologize. But then, ironically, everybody was so annoyed about it that they went back, found out who the reporter was, looked at his Twitter, found his old tweets, and released those. And then now the reporter, um, Aaron Calvin, uh, he got fired from his job at the newspaper. And now he's the one being tweet attacked and yeah he's the one being canceled on there's a world what a world there's a tweet mafia that's fascinating i so wait so the guy raises the guy as jokingly accidentally raises a million dollars yeah donates it and somebody writes an article about how he's a racist and then that person is fired because he tweeted bad things as well essentially yes that's basically what happened fascinating what a world i feel like it's it's Peaky Blinders, Sopranos. Just there's these different things, and they just kill you, and then you kill them, and then you kill one of theirs, and they yeah, just go yeah. back. It's just Twitter assassination, man. It's crazy. You would. Th- it is interesting, and I guess you just gotta go when you're a reporter. You're just going for the clicks, but it is an interesting move to criticize someone's Twitter while having that vulnerability yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you know well, what I, mean? I think what his thought is, which is fascinating. I'm is, not famous. No, one I'm will go, not famous. No one will go after me. Yeah, and guess what? Neither's that guy. Until somebody took a picture of him, right? This is this thing. You can become famous <laughs> in an instant, yeah, and be destroyed in an instant and forgotten in the next instant, which is, yeah, it, this is just a normal dude with a sign yeah. that that was gone at. That's crazy, man. And, and I guess for this person, and I wonder for how many, it's protocol to click on their Twitter and scroll, 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 scroll. That's, that's news reporting. Well, it's also interesting. It's like, yeah, this guy donated a million dollars to charity. He's not going to then go on to do anything else. He'll just go back to living his life. Yeah, like yeah. what's – I mean, I don't support racists, but who cares in the sense that he was racist before and he's racist after, but he gave a million dollars to charity. And this is a non-issue and will never come up in the news again. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just seems like a weird. Well, well, essentially, and also what a tweet is, is something that someone thought or said five years ago, which is to what, why are we talking? Like, this guy has said millions of words between the date of this tweet and today, some of which were funny, some of which were attempts to be funny and weren't, some of which were terrible, some of which were probably amazing, like, here's a million dollars children's yeah, yeah, hospital. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe he donated it. Well, don't, listen, he's not an amazing, whatever, he's just a guy. He's just a guy with a sign. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, dude, most people, so if they matched it, that means he got $500,000 well, in donations. Then it, this is what I thought. Account. This is what I thought. I've been trying really freaking hard to raise money. There's this. Yeah, sh- he beat us. He crushed us, man. He crushed us. This is where here's there's a lesson here, which is matching corporate donations. We 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 need to get matched. We got to get some company that wants YouTube. We have gotten no mainstream coverage for any of it. Yeah, yeah. And people have raised far less. YouTuber raises thirty thousand dollars because they know how to play the PR game, and then that compounds it. Mm. We <laughs> I kind of like it. Don't get written up by anyone. And I don't know that I want to change that, but for the purpose of of doubling that sort of stuff it's worth considering i'm pretty confident that we haven't tweeted anything racist so i'm pretty confident that i've never tweeted anything yeah but i did, i'll make it your photo if it goes bad <laughs> right now it's both of us but as soon as it goes bad i'll just swap it out I you don't even know how to access it what's that you don't know how to access our no Twitter. i can't access any of our social yeah, media yeah. i'll just I'm, swap it out i don't know how to be on any of it i got change you. it from charisma command to charlie hoopert <laughs> and write a few more horrible things yeah, in there yeah, on yeah. your way out <laughs> but put it put myself in the third person yeah that's right like 
Oh, Ben's a piece of shit because he... Ben, Ben's been holding me back, but here's what I really think. <laughs> <laughs> now that this account is all mine. Yep. That's... Saw Ben say everyone should have equal rights. Gross. <laughs> Hashtag gross. Signed Charlie Hooper. So what else do we have? A nonprofit organization oh, called just... Safe House. Oh, I just realized I could take you down so bad. Yeah, but come Be on. Be on the watch, dude. Stay on my good side. Stay on my good... Yeah, you have all the accounts. <laughs> what, what else is it, Angel? Uh, it's a nonprofit organization called Safe House, and they proposed opening a site in Philadelphia where opioid addicts can safely use their drugs. Oh, this is sick. They have these in other countries, but there's none in America yet because of some of our laws. Um, the, the, the point would be, so they won't provide drugs or encourage the use of them. They simply allow a safe space for people who are already going to use drugs to come in with their drugs and they provide uh, safe needles and equipments so that people don't od or get HIV. right and they also have um uh overdose antidotes and oxygen and anything people would need and there's medical professionals um so you're gonna do heroin you go there to do it they give you a clean needle and a medical staff got it so my my one thought is and this this is what would make this amazing for me is collect data and see if these people are more likely to get off heroin than those not provided with this because i don't is this a privately held organization i believe so okay, uh then do whatever you want yes it, it, <laughs> do whatever you want i thought this was public publicly funded at which point i go okay is this the best way to spend public funds i i'm open to the experiment but the goal if it were publicly funded is to not be paying well, for it's, it. But it's one step closer to what I actually want, which is just for them all to be legal. And yeah. for them all to be done in safe spaces. Yeah. So in the same way that you drink in a bar, <clears throat> just like you want to do heroin, you go to the heroin place. You want to do cocaine, you go to the cocaine place. Yeah, yeah. And then you don't have random cokeheads starting fights in bars. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have massive Mexican cartels making money on, on cocaine. Yep. Because it's being sold legally. You would cut down on so much crime. Yeah, it'd be incredible. And potentially what I've I was talking to a guy who has been very involved in the homeless community. And I was what we, we had a really interesting conversation. I asked him, I said, does this ever change? Are these uh, do people get in and out or what happens? He said, well, there's actually some data on this. And what we found is that it takes seven to 14 interactions for somebody to be open to help. Like they have a problem in their life, either at the very least they're not interested in a job or they have a drug problem or a mental health problem mm -hmm. or something else. And the first time you give them a sandwich, they're, they just want the sandwich. Yeah. Second, third, fourth. It takes these seven to 14 times. And if you say, can I help you further? Would you like a blanket? It takes seven to 14 times before they will address or get therapy before they will begin to address a root issue, which is their alcoholism, their something or mm -hmm. other. And I wonder if it's similar with, with these drugs, which is you come in, you get to know these people, you're doing heroin all the time, you're ashamed when you go out, but, but they're kind to you. And then- At some point they're like, yeah, what's going on in your life? And you're like, I don't wanna do this anymore. Yeah. Like, can you help me? And they trust you. So that would be, that would be amazing. And, and, I and it kind of matches my understanding of what drives drug addiction, which is, loneliness fear discomfort all of those horrible mm -hmm. feelings and that yeah having someone just be like listen i'm here you know if you if you need help i'm here that eventually someone will just go okay i hope i hope but i don't know so collect data that'd be cool <laughs> well, one last thing on the subject uh the uh, justice department actually does not agree with it and sued the nonprofit organization but a federal judge ruled that um, it, is, it doesn't violate the law and it's going to let it go through. What's going on? It's so fascinating that we have these traditional 
I don't know if people drugs are bad. I think it's just the catchphrase. It's just the government catchphrase. And I think I think beyond just incentives, I think there's my guess is that this is personal where these people grew up in history beyond yeah, yeah. any like I need the money from the pharmaceutical industry or whatever. It's just oh, that's terrible. Did you ever see the Bill Burr on this? No. Bill Burr's got a, a great bit about how it happens that old people have different beliefs than the current oh, generation. Oh, they're kids, right? And yeah, yeah. They, so you're you're a person. You're growing up in the world. You're paying attention to the news and the environment yeah. around you. And you're open to change. You're in college. You're learning new things. And then you have kids. Yeah. And you're just running around diapers, doing this, trying to make money. Watching so, Teletubbies. You're, you're just going to a hole. Yeah. You're watching Teletubbies. You're reading children's books. Twenty years later, you come out, and the whole world has changed in terms of their zers or there's whatever it's it is. Gay marriages. Gay marriages like yeah. super encouraged. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that you're a bad person. It's just that when you were raised, this was not the case. And yeah. then you put your head down for 20 years because you had a kid. And you come out and you're like, what? It's like when you haven't seen your family in a while and your little cousins are like six and a half feet tall. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What the heck? Exactly. No, Bill Burr does it great. And he's not excusing anything. He's just saying this is, what's, this is why this is happening. Yeah. And it's hilarious. It's yeah. really great. And these, these people live in, like we all do, bubbles of like-minded individuals who all tell them the same thing and have very limited experience and probably if they do have a kid that's on heroin are deeply deeply ashamed of it (laughs) and bury that so i hope it works what else that's it for current events do you guys want to do questions questions let's do it fan questions the first question comes from youtube user the venkster 94 okay Uh, how do you how do you be empathetic to someone who is struggling with something while also not sorry let me start over (laughs) How do you be empathetic to somebody who is struggling with something while also getting them to take action to get better? I've heard that comforting someone is not the same as giving advice, but it's hard to watch someone you love self-sabotage or do things to hurt themselves. Is there a good way to do both? Yeah. Okay. Do you have, do you want to jump in? So whenever people ask me how to change other people, increasingly as I get older, part of my answer is always at the base level, accept that you can't. You can influence, which might increase your probability of getting a shift in them. But there's nothing I can say, and you need to let go of the hope that you'll, if I do this, then they will change. It also depends what they're doing. Sure. If they are ta- if someone is complaining about their consistent relationship issues and they say, I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. that's a great opportunity to go, would you like me to give you my advice? But if they're saying, I got cheated on and it's horrible and I'm so depressed and I just feel so betrayed that is an opportunity to comfort them and yeah. not necessarily to go, well, do you want to know my advice? Well, regardless, I actually think that's a great question. And it can be sometimes obtuse, but I'll, I've said it, you've said it. Is this a conversation you want me to listen? Or is this a conversation where you'd like my advice to try to change things? Mm-hmm. People and will pick, they will pick both options people, depending on how they're feeling. So I think that's, that's one of the good ones. And it also, someone who is dwelling in complaining might feel the pressure in that situation to say oh no i want advice and at which point okay they're they're on the record asking for advice and that will encourage them to be more consistent in following through Mm -hmm. with their advice now if you find that you've asked this person do you want advice they say yes you're giving them advice they don't take the advice next time this comes up go look we've talked about this before i asked you if you want advice you didn't take it i don't think you want to change this and Mm -hmm. i don't even mean that in a mean way so uh, I'm game or I'm not game to listen that is to you powerful, complain. That is a powerful sentence I've heard you say, though. To, to just point out, yeah. we've talked about this. We talked about what you should do. We agreed on what would be a good next step. 
and you didn't take it, I don't think that you want to fix this. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of people kind of real that that makes them realize that they're mm-hmm. not actually trying to fix the problem. Sure. It's a very powerful sentence. Yeah. And and I think should be said, this becomes easier when you let go of changing them and stopping yeah, them attack. from hurting themselves. It's not attack. It's just I'm this is what I'm witnessing mm-hmm. in you. And so I'll behave not like a psycho who continues to give the same advice repeatedly. Just let's just get on the same page. You don't want to change this. And that's that's where you are. That is. Yeah, that is. <laughs> that's that that is the case. And I am willing to listen to you. Or right now I'd rather not yeah. <laughs> commiserate over the same problem. It also, yeah, it also depends on where you're at. Yeah. If you want to be the person that they are leaning on and you like that role, go for it. Mm-hmm. If you don't find the conversation enjoyable mm-hmm. and you've given them advice and they don't take it, you do it. You can at some point just be like, listen, if you want to talk about how to fix this, I'm happy to be here. But if we're just going to talk about your significant other, but then you're going to keep dating that significant other, mm-hmm. let's just talk about something else. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to keep hearing about why they suck if you're going to keep dating them. Yeah. The last thing that I would say is that use your judgment here with what were what the circumstances. If they're complaining because they just lost a parent, <laughs> they're gonna need more time and space and comfort and comfort yeah. rather than advice yes. of ways to get over this because that's a devastating loss. So depending on whatever it is in their life, you need to use your own judgment of what is an appropriate grieving, complaining, comfort span here, and at what point would it be most healthy for this person to shift into changing or to have me no longer be there as that crying shoulder but i do think that there's a time in almost any situation for comfort Mm -hmm. it just doesn't last indefinitely cool luke asks what practices or actions can one implement to alleviate imposter syndrome and self-doubt that leads to a lack of action oh man we did a video on this See if I can remember my points. <laughs> Let's just link to the video in the description. I'll link to the video and I'll, I'll touch it re- very quickly. I know that the one of the things that I that I mentioned in there was building up your skill set is is certainly a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Some people need to have imposter syndrome, and yeah, we yeah. talk about them. And some people don't. Imposter syndrome also tends to go away with reps. Yeah. So. Weirdly enough, the action, it's how do I, the question is, how do I get rid of imposter syndrome so mm-hmm. I can take action? Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, if you force yourself to take action consistently, it tends mm-hmm. to make imposter syndrome go away. Yeah. And, and there's a, let's give an example. I, the coaching industry is one that we've talked about before. So you've never done coaching. You haven't done much in your life and you want to be a life coach. Well, the imposter syndrome that you're feeling is, is appropriate in that scenario, especially if you're thinking about charging money for it. And so you're not taking action, getting on the phone calls, trying to be a life coach. I would say that's a good thing. But what you can do is you can shrink that action and you can go, okay, what is something that I wouldn't be an imposter at? Maybe free coaching to a friend in my life mm-hmm. and let's get some reps and let's, wow, like that friend lost weight, got a boyfriend or a girlfriend, did better on their test or in their workplace. So shrink the magnitude of the action, reduce your pay, reduce whatever it is to the point at which you are no longer an imposter, but a volunteer or a helper, then take that track record and, and apply it to the next phase, which is professional or whatever it is in your circumstance. And just watch the video. It's it's probably better than that. <laughs> what else we got? Yasmin asks, what do you think about the concept of community? In the past, we humans, we humans used to live in uh, tribes and tight communities. But with time, the model kind of shifted. And now I feel like we have lost the sense of community. And everyone usually lives lives more for their own self uh, than for the group. This affects me in bad ways as I have a hard time finding a community I belong to because of the lack of communities, be it large families or whatever. 
Have you ever felt this way as well? If so, how do you deal with this sensation of feeling like you are alone in the world? Mm, that's a big question. I mean, I'm curious what your take is because I feel like you don't feel like you need a community. I feel like you're very big into self-sufficiency. Yeah. Well, I think that there's a with everything in life, there's going to be there's a good side to the individualistic society which we live in, which is that if you see the more communal based society, the individual often gets suppressed and disappears for the benefit of the group. So individual opinions can be pushed aside. You're in a religious community. You're not really feeling it. Guess what? Shut up and be part of this anyway. So there's there's a wonderful part of how individualistic we are. And I've I feel like I've explored that <laughs> pretty thoroughly. But I do think the community is important. And I think that one of the downsides of not having a community is that it trains people, I was talking to Paul about this, to become little hoarding fiefdoms in and of themselves. And I mean that like financially. So whereas if you lived in a community and you had a surplus of money, what you would probably do is put that back into the community, people mm -hmm. who needed it, knowing that you could count on that community to cover you one day. Mm -hmm. Because we don't have a community, it's like my community is my bank account. Because the only person that's going to be there for me if stuff gets bad in my life is not my neighbor whose name I don't know. It's not anybody on my street. It's me. So I do think the communities are valuable. I think I don't lean on, well, I just have a small community, you know? I just have you and a couple of my closest friends and my family. You like a wider community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tell me about that. Well, it's tough. So I... It's a little bit different than this person. I love community. Mm -hmm. I love big friend groups. If I could get my 25 closest friends to go in on a mansion, like when we were in college and mm -hmm. had a frat house, I'd absolutely do it. Mm -hmm. The thing I wrestle with is in LA, there's a lot of people that I'm acquaintances with who I could see more, but I don't enjoy their company as much as I enjoy yours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't, I haven't found a lot of people that I really love spending time with yeah and so my thing that i wrestle with is do i make the effort to see this person in the name of community just in the name of number of friends and i i go no i'm not going to do that i'm just going to hang out with my favorite people and what i've personally what i've lost is a large number of favorite people whereas in college i had let's say 10 yeah when we moved to brazil there were six of us and we were very close and then we met a seventh guy so yeah. there were seven of us and we were all really close friends with each other with a couple exceptions and in LA it's yes yeah, you and Henry and I would love to go back to having seven people yeah that I loved as much as I love you and Henry my thing is I go out I meet people I join improv groups I join basketball leagues and I meet people I get along with but they're just like okay so it, then I don't keep in touch with them do the, I, we've really deviated from the question but I'm curious do you think you have a higher standard today than you did in college or Brazil? Why Why was it easier for you to find more people then than it is today? Well, when we moved to Brazil, we were putting ourselves out there a lot. So prior to moving to Brazil, we were teaching charisma to hundreds of people. And then we cherry-picked our favorites. And they were yeah. all fun, cool, entrepreneurial, willing to quit their jobs or drop out of college mm -hmm. to move to Brazil with us. And so that was a really great filtering process. Whereas when I joined a random improv class or a random pickup basketball league, it's like, this guy's really funny. Mm -hmm. That's really all we have in common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's cool. But I have someone who's 
funny and intelligent and philosophical and an entrepreneur. Well, here's what I think is kind of might even break that. You have so many close friends from your frat. And I think that if you joined a basketball league with those guys who you wound up very close to, you'd be like, that guy's cool. He's okay. Yeah, yeah. I think what frat and army and, and these things do is they force bonding. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's by design. It's Hell Week. And interestingly, I think the lesson of fraternity is if you want community, force yourself to hang out with 30 Maybe. people for an extended period of time. Maybe. And 10 of them will become your closest friends. That uh, seems to be what happened, right? In the army and in all of these brotherhoods. Point. So... I bet you takes take you know there's the dude from improv that you were friends with if he was in your frat he'd been one of your boys man yeah you you guys would be super freaking tight you'd play video games you'd hang out you talk like but because you have limited well, there's exposure, also in the adult world there's proximity thing yeah the fraternity we'd literally lived together before we were close so you just when you wanted to go to the gym you just walk around the house sure gym 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 six of us go to the gym you every single day you're hanging out all the time that guy, yeah, he lives forty minutes yep. away, and he's got to come in. For and he lunch. has a nine to five job. Yeah, so we actually have gotten dinners, lunches, but we'll hang out maximum once a week for an hour for a meal. Dude, and think of Brazil. Okay, we added. He's our buddy Reed. Why did Reed get added in Brazil, but not in college? Because you had no other option. Mm -hmm. Reed's. A, I love Reed, but you couldn't speak Portuguese, so you had the guys in the home or Reed who that who lived three minutes walk from three us. three minutes walk from us. And it meant that imagine if you imagine if everyone in Brazil spoke English, you would not be as close to Reed as you are. Not even close. He would have been a guy that you met for lunch and hung out with a handful of times. I think weirdly enough, people are capable of bonding with a far wider range of people than they recognize. Interesting. And then it's it's when they're forced into pressure cookers with people that they learn about them, find more commonalities and and stay tighter. So so to add on to your community, you kind of got to force time with the person. Yeah. A lot is yeah. what you're saying. And so I look at, I went to this choice center thing, right? Choice center is, it's a, it's an intensive three, like four day weekend, you know, and then you come back in a four day weekend and it's a hundred day thing and you're on the phone with everybody all day and people add it, they're into it. They all love each other so much. And these are people, there's one 60 year old grandma mother. There's one 22 year old guy who has never had a job there. They couldn't be more mm. different but they wind up incredibly close. And so I actually think the ingredient for community is limited options, weirdly enough. You know what? That actually stands with what I was just thinking. So we have a guy who lives on our hall that we could, we could mm -hmm. potentially be pretty close friends with. Sure. And you don't, yeah. get, you yeah. don't get closer than that. If you, He's on my hall. If he were in your frat, you guys would be so close. Yeah. So close. But he has his friend group and I have yep. my friend group. And so if I asked him to grab food, he'd probably say yes once. Mm -hmm. But if I asked him to get lunch... And then the next day I ask him to get lunch. Yeah. And the next day I ask him to lunch. He would probably be like, what's this guy's deal? What's going on? <laughs> and yeah, I think it's because in LA there's millions of people and there's pre-existing friend groups. Yeah. And so you you can't sprint to that closeness in the same way that you can in a fraternity where it's like, we all live together. It's yeah. like, we live together. And if this were Brazil, by the way, if everyone else in this building and in the city spoke yeah. Portuguese yeah. and he spoke English and I spoke English, you'd we be, would hang out every you'd day. Be incredibly We'd tight. hang out every day. You'd be, you'd be super close. Yeah. That's interesting. And so it's, it is, <laughs> if you want a community, live in a small place without a lot of options might be the best answer. And that seems to bear the truth. If you look at where do communities exist, yeah. small towns where everyone knows everybody's business. My sister business. left LA. She lived in Santa Barbara, yeah. loved the community. There was 20 of them and they got together every Saturday and Sunday mm -hmm. to do barbecues and sailing, whatever. Came to LA, had a lot of friends, but it was just spread out. And she said she really struggled with the community. Moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
And she said, we're building a community. Yeah. Chattanooga, Tennessee is small feel. And they, they, these people are down to hang out every single weekend because yeah. there's not many people, not a lot age. to do, yeah. <laughs> not a lot of people. Yeah. It's interesting. So uh, we're noodling through this clearly as we, as we stumble on this question, I think community is important. I think community, I, I would love if our friends from Brazil lived here, but weirdly enough, I'm not willing to put myself in the pressure cooker to make more friends like mm. that. Cause I don't, I, sh I don't like shrinking my freedom. <sighs> Let's go back to the question. And then you and I could talk about what we ought to do in our lives. What do you do if you're feeling alone in the world? A couple things. I think I did make a video on this on alone versus lonely. Uh, I struggled with this for a while. There is a massive difference between being alone and feeling lonely. Mm -hmm. And you can really, really individually cope with this by finding personal things that you're fascinated by and, and love to do. Reading, whatever it is for you. Uh, so that's the first thing. And then in terms of building these communities, I also made another video, which is, I think it was called like how to make friends after college. And the answer that I would say is it's the hub spoke thing, right? So people, especially if you're, if you're not connected to friends are experiencing what we are, which is they have their own stuff going on. So when you invite people, bring different groups together. If you're going to go out to dinner, don't, you know, invite one guy and then one other person that he might not know that you think he would get along with. Uh, and it doesn't have to be dinner. It could be a fun event. It could be an escape room. It could be a virtual reality thing. If you make the event the centerpiece and you're the organizer of that event and it's something people want to join individually, then you'll be able to get more momentum going. So I know people have done game nights for people who like board games and that kind of stuff. Could be a video game thing, whatever it is. Uh, but be that hub, I think. And I think community is important. And especially if you don't feel like you have anyone, like you're, you don't even have three or four closest people, then it yeah, that's it's absolutely worth working on. But yeah, man, it's, it's a bigger question in terms of the infinite options of LA means that you make no close friends. Yeah. Which is well, and friends is different than community too. Like we have a, a friend who does what you're proposing every single Saturday. He throws a beach games day mm -hmm. and we went once and I like the guy and I consider him a friend. Yeah. But we're not in the same community. Yeah. And it's because we're 20 minute drive away and neither of us would be willing to make that drive every day. But if everybody spoke Portuguese, yeah. we'd probably go way more often. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's oddly enough that that freedom is what stops you from the idea that you could make friends with anyone is what stops you from actually making close friends with anybody in particular. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. All right. That was a terrible answer. That was probably the worst fan question we've ever answered. Listen, but. <laughs> we, gave our, we gave our experience. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Is that it? That's it for questions. All right. Sorry about that. I don't, I just kind of sent me on a, sent me on a, an inside tangent. <laughs> Nobody answered our phone calls today. If you guys want to call in, it's in, the link is in the description and just be aware that it's Mondays, middle of the day, Pacific time is when we normally do our texting and our calling. Yeah. So. We'll probably call around 2 PM Pacific. So if you want to chat, thanks for listening guys. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon. And bye Charisma University. We love you. <laughs> Later. You want to get food? Sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.